I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. On their podcast, they're individuals, but right here, they're teams. There's a number of statements right here in the bowl, and each team will pick one at a time. The statement that comes out, they must defend whether they agree with it or not. They have one minute to back the statement, and then the opposition will have one minute to dismiss it. I decide on the stronger argument. The winner gets a point. There's 10 in here. We're going to see how far we get through them. And we're going to see who we start with. I mean, we started with cams for round one, so I think it's only right to start over on SDS <coughs> for round two. But what you're, got, what you're going to do as well is nominate one person. Okay. So, cool. for, in, for example, in this round, if you nominate Liban, mm-hmm. that means for the next two rounds, it's not going to be you. It's mm-hmm. going to be the remaining cool. two and so on for... Right. Not, um, FCM. Gotcha. All right, cool. You lot ready? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Whether you agree with it or not. First statement. Stand on business. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Manchester City's treble winning team would bench Manchester United. Oh, so beat, sorry. Beat. beat the hand is a bit. Bench works as well, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you, you can formulate better. You are more well spoken, so you can do something. <laughs> so Man yeah. City's treble winning team yeah, this is, would this beat Manchester United. This is, this is a good one. Yeah, yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. No, no. Okay. You got this. You got this one. Sharky's nominated, yeah? Yeah, yeah Sharky's nominated. Ah, we've got the, 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 the clock ready. Even I can do that one. Let's get the clock ready. One minute on the clock, please. And then, Sharky, you're good to go, bro. I thoroughly believe that Manchester City's treble winning team would smoke Manchester United's treble winning team. Now, the reason for this is, um, the question is, first of all, who's got the better squad? For me personally, I think Manchester City's treble winning squad is way better than my United's one. Mm-hmm. My United had a couple of players, which obviously had a lot of individual brilliance. With the Cristiano Ronaldo's, the, the Rooney was in there. No, you know what I mean? that's the one still. Which one? Wrong treble. Wrong treble. That wasn't a treble. That was a double. That was a double. That was a double. Treble. Nine nine. We're on three p. Yeah. So that's even easier to be fair. The ninety nine treble team. The ninety nine treble team. Okay, you won the Champions League, right? Didn't deserve to win that game, anyways. You know, Man City actually were the best team in the Champions League that year. They won it. The ninety nine team also had players where they can't handle the game today. You know, Man City's players will smoke them. <laughs> Time and more out. points as well. <laughs> yeah, done. Yeah. And yeah, I think they're way better. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's Sharky's <laughs> argument <laughs> for Man City can't, being can't, the better treble winning team. It's, it's fact. You didn't even lie. Who, I think everyone knows them. Who are we nominating on this side to defend? I'll defend. Cam's, obviously. Obviously. All right. Cam's defense. 98, 99, treble winning team. First and foremost, can we state that he got the teams wrong? So that's an important factor. The reason why Manchester United will win is because 
You look at the teams that Manchester United competed against to get there. We had to beat an elite Arsenal team to get to the final of the FA Cup and beat Newcastle in the final. Look at our Champions League run. We had this Juventus team that had Zidane in it. We had a Barcelona team that had Rivaldo. In the final, we beat a top Bayern Munich side in, in Barcelona as well. So for Manchester United, the teams that we had to beat to get there, for me, is better. And you look at our players as well. Premium all-timers. Paul Scholes, Roy Keane, David Beckham, mm. Dwight York, Andy mm. Cole, Teddy Sheridan, mm. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. He's talking about squad depth. Tell me a better strike force than that four. You ain't got none. You ain't got none. So we've got Dennis Irwin, Peter Schmeichel, the greatest keeper of all time. That's why. And by the way, you know when you do it first, it's always better than the ones that do it after you. That's why our champions are That's why our champions are That's why. Argument, what team has had a better um, run or is it what team would beat who? Because this one we here be- says Man City Treble team would beat Man United. Mm-hmm. That's what the question's about. Yeah. And yeah. I gave you, you're I talking gave you the reason. You didn't give me the reasons. You're, you're talking, talking, about, you're the talking the about the route. So, so what was the reasons why? Yeah, because we beat a better team than you guys, than the, than the ones that are. The, but that, that, that doesn't mean Man United team would beat Man City's team. That doesn't mean... Okay, so give me the reason. You didn't give a reason why you would win. You didn't give a reason why you would win. Okay, we're talking about the playing style Premium talent. Premium talent. David Beckham. Our front four. Our front four. When I look at the, the but his minutes up, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, to, I'm yeah. looking at people like Akanji, <laughs> Ake, and I don't think they'll, they'll, I don't think they'll have a chance against, uh, against Andy Cole. Uh, okay, but look York, how stacked uh, Man City's defense, defensive unit was. You know they're playing four was... centre backs, mm-hmm. and they were fine. Do you know what I mean? They can play. They had so many different uh, can rotational. Can, can they they could play. The they were playing. Ah, so time up. 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 Wait, hold on. I know it's an emotional one, but trust me, there's going to be more to come. And you've done enough to win this argument. Yeah, let's go, man. Don't play with me, Sharky. My neighbor, don't play with me. I don't care about Man City, bro. Nah, because I'm surprised you didn't mention Yap Stam and all that when he was mentioning... I have weapons in the arsenal. He's an old head. Cool. So what's that? 6-4 now, yeah? 6-4. Alright, cool. We've got nine statements left in here, so it's your turn now. So you're going to pick the statement out then decides who backs it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs> the statement is John Joe Shelby is a better player in his prime than Enzo Fernandez. Oh, it's landed at the right. It's landed at the right team. There's only, there's only one person. There's only one person. I'm sorry. Because that was a defense. Yeah, that's out of the horse's mouth. I mean, that's crazy. So, Cam has been nominated to back his own statement. Yeah. Okay. okay. You, man, you man heard the statement. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. John Joe Shelby prime, better than Enzo now. Mm-hmm. Go on, Cam. John Joe Shelby in his prime is a better player than Enzo Fernandez because you look at what they both can do on the pitch. They can both do long passes. They can both 
control the game to a certain extent. But with John Joe Shelby, you look at his goal catalogue. Bring me Enzo Fernando's goal catalogue compared to John Joe Shelby's. It's not even close. This guy scores volleys. He scores um, um, volley scores long shots. He's scoring behind the halfway line. He's done it all. So anything that you can say Enzo Fernandez, if this is his prime, is Enzo Fernandez right now who has a 13 or 18% win rate for Chelsea at the moment, hasn't improved them in any way. In fact, they win more games when he's not playing than, than when he is playing. So John Joe Shelby, for me, is the better player in his prime. You can just see it. Left foot, right foot. Can you guys tell me categorically that Enzo Fernandez has better tech than John Joe Shelby? That would be a lie if you say so, because John Joe Shelby is one of the most technical centre midfielders we have seen in this country. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, so for me, John Joe Shelby is a better player in his prime. Tell me, tell me how, tell me how. Have you, did you guys watch ben, Benfica Enzo Fernandez? Because there's no way Chelsea Enzo Fernandez is better than John Joe Shelby in his prime. There's no way. No way. I'm, that's, I'm looking at Camden. There's Premier League standards. There's Premier League standards. Are we going to have to go by Premier League standards? There's no way that he's better. Maze, Maze agrees with you, man. Ah, minute done. Oh yes. Minute done. I'm sure Maze would want to would oh, argue course. against that, but he can't. Mm -hmm. I'm going to defend that Levan, one. Levan, stay yeah. in. Ah, cool so, minute. I mean, first of all, how old is Enzo? What, 21? So we haven't even seen his prime yet. Yeah. From what we have seen, though, especially in the World Cup, You've seen what the, some of the magic he can produce. He was one of the reasons why Argentina were able to, once he got integrated into the first team, he was one of the reasons why they were all able to get all the way to the final and he was instrumental in that, okay? I hear your argument in terms of John Joe Shelby and what he's done, but we've seen it. How old is John Joe Where is he now? He's playing in like Turkey. He's not playing in Turkey or something? Mm -hmm. Why is that? I'm saying in terms of ceiling, I think Enzo's got a better ceiling, what he's already done. Does John Joe Shelby even have a World Cup appearance? The, the let alone a medal, let alone a medal. Better player. Let, let, but yeah, even a player in terms of we still need, obviously, from what we've seen of Enzo, I think that his ceiling is much higher than John Joe Shelby's. Ceiling? That's but, ceiling. That's but that's even in terms of technical ability, I still I still think he's on the same level as if not even better. better. Hmm. Even better. Even better. It's, it's, I feel like a lot of people's opinion is because of how badly Chelsea are doing. I think that has influenced definitely his game. But if you talk about Enzo in terms of his own ability, a lot of teams will snatch it. Imagine Enzo at Man City. How well would he do at Man City? Imagine, imagine him at imagine, Liverpool. This is imagine. How well would he imagine do? Imagine him at Arsenal. Eric how well would he do? So I think John Joe Shelfy, in terms of technical, I think he's, I think he's definitely better. In this argument, there was a lot of imagining. There was a lot of feeling. There was a lot of imagining. There's a reason why. I spoke directly. I said, compare their goal catalog. Compare their passing rate. Compare their passing rate. Compare their goal catalog. Against some of the best midfielders on the planet. Some of the best players on the planet. That's a one-off game. That's a one-off game. Because it's the entire tournament he was I've seen John Joe Shelby score a volley versus at the Etihad. Have you seen John Joe Shelby in the World Cup? No, I haven't. Have you seen him play against the best So anyone at the World Cup means that they're better than big John Where is he now? One thing I'll promise you, mm -hmm. I will not see Enzo playing in Turkey in 10 years. That's a fact. I don't Again, imagination. Oh, yeah. You know what I the Turkish League is class. You guys need to watch it closely. You need to watch it closely. The rivalries between Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, and them lot. It's massive. Besiktas. They've given they knocked us out. You know, Galatasaray. So there's these strong teams in that league. And so we scored from the halfway line in that league. Well, Enzo. Well, Enzo. Did Enzo score? Why we have to Enzo came from? He came from the. He came from the top five leagues in Europe. No, but it's the Portuguese league. It's the Portuguese league. I'll be honest, yeah. 
But he's playing uh, in the Premier League. I should have said I should have said this before, yeah. But, but he's dropping it. A word of advice to to both teams <coughs> would have been like, I am Turkish, so respect to the Turkish league would yeah. go a long yeah, way here. Time. So John Joe Shelby argument wins this one. Yeah. That's Cam just went two for two. Yeah, Mental, 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 mental. I didn't, you know, I didn't think about him being Turkish. You know, that didn't cross my mind. His name is Turkish. His name is Turkish. Let me hope that I, f- I forget this into the next round, yeah. and I'm gonna leave it there. But yeah, let's yeah, let's land on the Turkish yeah, league the better moving forward. <laughs> Alright, where was we? Alright, six, six five, six five. Six yeah. five yeah. Big big thank you, thank you. After yeah, because you're comparing someone at their best with someone who just started. One more pick, one more pick for SDS. Read out the statement clearly so and then the decide on. Lionel Messi deserved to win the Ballon d'Or. So which one? So it's through with the Ole Ban to take that one this? up. It's up to you. you can I'll do this. I can do this one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, cool. Enjoy, bro. Ole Ban nominated. Okay, so the reason why I agree with the statement is because Lionel Messi in the World Cup, you know, guided Messi, uh, guided Argentina to winning it. Okay, being the best player in the tournament. Yeah. Scoring, was there not, did he not score the most goals in the tournament as well? No. Yeah. But we're still, hold on, hold on, hold on. He was very instrumental in that. Be, bear in mind that he, at his age, 36 years old, yeah? Guiding and being the best player in the tournament where a lot of people at that point would have written Messi off. <laughs> yeah, guiding them to the win of the tournament. And <laughs> at the end of the day, if you look at history, any player that's been the best player at the World Cup has always won the Ballon d'Or. You look at R9 when he won it in Brazil. You look at Zidane when he won it in 98. Mm-hmm. Cannavaro when he won it for Italy. So. It's only right that you give the award to the, uh, the most prestigious footballing. No, 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 forget football. The most prestigious sporting tournament in in in, in history. Yeah, and Maradona he was be the proud. best player at 36 Maradona years old. Maradona would have been proud if he saw this. Oh, that's not, that's not even an argument. Personally, <laughs> deserved it. Done, yeah. Deserved it. That's in me done. Imagine Maradona would have saw that. You're going to argue against I it, I will right? be the one arguing against this, mm. and I'm sorry, but... Are we talking about a yearly award is now decided on seven games? Mm. Look at history. And, 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 and this is a 2023 award, if I'm not mistaken. When was the World Cup played, lads? It's always been like that. Right? Oh, that's right. So the, the previous calendar year. Okay, no problem. But the guy who does deserve it, Erling Haaland, I'm sorry. Record breaker in the Premier League in his first year. Exactly. Treble winner. You talk, about, you talk about cleaning up. Uh, uh, cool. Norway won at the World Cup. Because if Haaland was there... Who knows how it could have turned out for Messi? But you see, at club football decimated everything. Ask yourself, this season, who's still the top goal scorer in the Premier League? Oh, it's Erling Haaland. Mm. So when we talk about the best player for 2023, it was right there staring in your face. And guess what? Typical politics, typical popularity contest. Mm. As you know, Mm. this game has become. Mm. Messi wins it based off seven games. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. As we were saying earlier, is there not a team involved in that seven-game tournament? Oh. Enzo Fernandez, they were saying. Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, you see? But now all of a sudden it's Mr. Messi who, you know, Taxi, a lot of people. Let me take yeah. oh, oh. 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 But hey, that's my minute up, I guess. But Erling Haaland, 
I'm sorry. Can I counter that, that one second? Yeah. First of all, he mentioned that the, talking about the calendar year, trying to be technical with it. Half his goals came in 2022 because half of the season last year was 2022. If you talk about 2023, you know 2023, he scored the actual most goals in 2023. If you want to go on numbers, oh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Should yeah. we give him the, the Ballon d'Or then? That's Saudi. No, no, no. You want to compare Saudi to the Premier League? You went on numbers. Hold on, hold on. Who scored? Who's 2023? Strong argument, but I don't think there's an argument to be had against Messi taking it. So I'm gonna side with. Yeah, baby. Let me do this. Let me do this. Let me do this. Sit down, man. Seven five, seven five. Yeah, but the thing is, it's a strong argument. Over to UFC. The cams has gone already. Statement yeah. is, Woo! Uh, I will take this one as well. You know what time? Kevin De Bruyne is the greatest Premier League midfielder of all time. Claro. And for me, I stand by this. I feel like what this guy has done in terms of when you talk about Arsenal, what he's got in his collection, the short range, long range passing, I feel like he can match up with any of the greats. Yes. Whether you're talking about Gerard or Scholes, mm -hmm. the finishing, he's got finishing better than most centre forwards these mm -hmm. days. When you talk about set piece, it's a lost art. Crossing ability better than most fullback and wingers. Mm -hmm. The amount of Premier League titles that City have won and his fingerprints are all over it. People tried to say after he had that one ACL year, ah, oh, he was done. He came back and delivered again. This season, you're seeing four minutes it took him to remind people of the caliber and the standard he set. Mm -hmm. You name all of those goats that are in the Premier League mm -hmm. Gerard, Lampard, Scholes. He's out assisted all of them. Mm -hmm. What midfielders are designed to do create. Mm -hmm. Kevin De Bruyne is a creator of the highest order. And when all is said and done, the argument will be open and shut case. You see, right now, there might be a few arguments. You might have some favorites. You might prefer a Gerard. But when all is said and done, it will be a shut case. And for me right now, in my opinion, he already is that. Nah, minute up. Who's defending? <coughs> or who's going against the statement? Who? Okay, cute. Um, <laughs> Stevie G. Just has to be. Just that, that name alone, Stevie G. Like yeah. We're talking about a guy that carried a Liverpool team, a mediocre Liverpool team to the Champions League final and won it. At Athens against AC Milan. Talk about Premier League. Mourinho, Mourinho wanted him. He stayed loyal. If, if Gerard didn't laugh about loyalty, you have to stay with your your missus. Be loyal. Don't bug out, and your life is gonna be. That's what Stephen Gerrard did with Liverpool. Now, that's why he's the most loved. Look at Stephen Henderson. He won everything for Liverpool as a captain. People still say Stephen Gerrard's the greatest captain. Zidane. Look what Zidane said about Stephen Gerrard. Do you see what he said about him? It's on Google. It's free. It's on Google. It's free. Check. Look what, what he said. Stephen Gerrard is the greatest midfielder. This is when he was playing. Stephen Gerrard is the greatest midfielder of all time. This is Zidane, you know. Zidane said this. Ballon d'Or winner. KDB, he's I'm not saying he's dead. He's, he's good. He's good at his job. He's very good. Fantastic player. But he's not stepping in Stephen Gerrard's shoes. KDB looks at Stephen Gerrard and says, I want to be like him. Let me ask something, because did this one I want to ask. I want to ask you something. What about Vieira, Keane, Yaya Toure? I look at them as kind of more defensive-minded players, and I'll be honest Perfect. with you. I have Perfect. never, I have never in all my years of doing football content, had a discussion of who's the best midfielder, and anybody has said Roy Keane or Vieira. Now, some Arsenal fans might say it, and I respect it always, but I think when it comes to the greatest midfielders, we talk about Gerrard, Lampard, Scholes, De Bruyne, definitely the more attacking ones than we do the defensive ones. Steven Gerrard done everything. Game so, goes. I, uh, so basically, yeah, I have, to, I have to make decisions balanced off of arguments and what I believe and, and what I know of football, yeah? 
this one I'm going to lean towards you guys getting the point. Reason being, because That's I like, think your argument would have held more weight if you brought in the names I brought in more so than Gerard because of the lack of Premier League. Let's go! Let's go! I would have argued for Gerard as well. 7-6. Seven, six. Seven, six. Seven, six. Hey, I was like, I knew you would have said Gerard as well. He's the steroid Gerard, you get me? That's what it is. Next round, next round. 7-6. Man City, innit? Smash up. SDSR, 7-6. If Man City today, we'd fucking joke. Yeah, it would be. It would be wrong. Perfect. He has to argue as well. Darwin Nunes. Nunes! Will become one of the all-time great Premier League strikers. <laughs> now, if Edo's gonna argue, this good, is, good this luck, is very bro. interesting. Now, let me let me tell you why he will become one. Did you say that? What was that? Yours was that his statement? Yeah. He, he definitely believes it. Darwin Nunes will become one of the greatest strikers of the Premier League history. Now, last before he signed for Liverpool, he was already in the Ballon d'Or nominee. Everyone was laughing at him. Like if you watch, you lot don't watch Liverpool like how I watch Liverpool. I see, I see, what no one sees with Darwin Nunes. You he will score goals. <laughs> Once, like I've spoken to players, they said Darwin Nunes is the best finisher in training. Yeah. Once he gets his confidence in the Premier League, and this is new, remember, he come from South, these guys are Uruguay, they're from South America, and that it's hard for them to adapt. We've seen it with Tevez, uh, Mascherano, all these people that come from South America, and when they come to Premier League, it's, it's a bit different. But this guy will become one of the greatest Premier League strikers of all time. I'm telling you now. You're going to laugh at me, you might not pick my point, but this will come back and haunt you. So be smart. Be smart. <laughs> no, no, I'll be real. Be smart. You want me to be smart? You're not going to pick me. Do you want me to be smart? What? No point wasting time here. I can't do this. 7-7. Seven, seven. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even need to make a case. <laughs> and he's threatening. And he's threatening the, the host. He's threatening the host. No, no, no. Final no, one. You have to understand. Yeah. Last, you know what? I want this. The clicks was probably the best thing of the argument. <laughs> uh, what we got? What we got? Cool. Okay, you referee out. Eddie and Ketia only starts for the three promoted teams. Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield United. Alright, tell us why you believe that. Go on. I'll tell you why I believe this. In the Premier League, you need two things. Consistency and catalogue. Mm. Eddie Nketiah's catalogue of goals is all the same. His consistency is not there. Mm. Eddie Nketiah is someone who managed to stay at Arsenal at the expense of a following Balogun who left on loan and has done better than him. What has Eddie Nketiah done in his time that Arsenal fans are saying that we need a goal scorer to be a goal scorer? Nothing. If I was, should we know what? Let's actually go through the list. Does he start for Manchester City? Nope. Go Does he start for Liverpool? Right I now. can, I've got enough time. That's done to prove it, right? Okay, go for it. Nope. You want me to ask Does he start for who's next? Liverpool? Nope. Chelsea? Nope. Who's next? Spurs? Nope. Does he start for Crystal Palace? No, because he doesn't offer anything else. <laughs> what does he do? Run around and miss chances. Doesn't start for them. Who else can we do? Fulham? No, doesn't start for them either. Who else can we go? Who else can we go? What other teams? Hwang. Does he start for Wolves? Hwang? No. Cool. What, other what other teams can we go? Let me think. teams, bro. Brighton. Brighton. I can go for all the teams. You know what? I actually might say something. Based on the way of performance I've seen this year, he doesn't even start for Luton. Let's be real. Let's be real. I see Jamie Rodriguez do some really good stuff for Burnley. So he might not even start there as well. He's not good enough to start for only those three teams. Start. Might be a nice impact player, you know, get a few goals to the bench. But that's what he's done at Arsenal anyway. Start, main man, number nine in your shirt. I don't think so. And take that number 14 back from him as well. Disgraceful. 
<laughs> We're gonna win this. Stop. Right, this is like, this is, Sharky. This is like, this is like, right, first of all, this sounds like someone that sour that he lost an academy player. And he went and came to Stamford Bridge, scored at your ground, and put his arm on the corner flag and called the Shout me! That's what it sounds like. Secondly, the argument would have been better if it was something different. So I feel sorry for you because that argument is easy for me. You said he wouldn't start for any team other than the bottom three teams, which means 17 other Premier League teams he won't start for. If we take out the top six, whatever, if we go from like eight to like 16th or 17th, I think he'll start for at least half of those teams. He's been linked to West Ham already. They've won again. He's been linked to Palace, he's been linked to Everton, all these teams. He already in the Premier League has a Premier League hat trick for Arsenal. So a guy that can score a Premier League hat trick can't start for a team that's 50. Who's the hat trick against? Sheffield United. A guy that's got a Premier League hat trick. <laughs> the team he would start for. Has Marcus for. Rashford got a Premier League, League hat trick? How many Premier League goals has Marcus Rashford? Has Marcus got a Premier League hat trick? But I'm saying that a guy that can score a Premier League hat trick can't start for a team that's outside of the bottom three teams. That's what I'm saying. On top of that, right? On top of that, if you count um, his numbers. If we count for starts, mm. as a striker, he's not had opportunities, right? Mm. He's come on off the bench, he's had 20 minutes here, 10 minutes here. Mm. If you're looking at his starts to goals ratio, it's actually pretty impressive. It's actually better than a lot. It might be in the top 10 in the Premier League, top 10 strikers in the Premier League. So you're telling me that person with uh, goals to starts um, ratio cannot start for palaces of this world. You haven't even told us the ratio. I don't have it off the top of my head. I don't have it off the top of my head. I'm not going to lie. I'm not fucking Lias. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, you're telling me that guy can't stop for the Palaces, the West Hams who need strikers. I don't rate Eddie like Sharky rates Eddie, but to say just those three teams would be disingenuous. I think there's a couple more. I wouldn't say West Ham would be one of them. I'd probably say Palace and Everton maybe. But aside from that, but that makes... The argument. So the statement is Virgil van Dijk is an overrated system player. Mm. And I will defend that one. Yeah. Why are you? And because uh, I, I believe this. I believe the statement. I actually believe the statement. Did it come from you? Yeah, it came from me as well. <laughs> yes, it did come from me. Okay, so my argument when it comes to this is Virgil van Dijk. Okay. My, my problem with Virgil van Dijk is that, yes, he's an incredible defender for Liverpool. You can't doubt what he's done for Liverpool. But I think when you look at defending aspects, when you talk about tackling, interceptions, when you talk about the key components of defending, I don't think he's as good as people make him out to be. I feel like the system has done well to sort of... I think when you look at, for example, let's say, and I always mention this name before, Gary Cahill. I think when you look at the actual attributes of defending, when it comes to tackling, interceptions, I think... He is a better defender. That doesn't necessarily mean, uh, in those aspects, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's a better player mm. than Van Dijk. I think Van Dijk is a better player. I think he uses his brain more. I think he's got a better IQ. I think his aerial threat, he understands <laughs> the game better. But I think there's a lot of players in that system when you look at the DM, the way they've been set up Liverpool, when you had Fabinho, you had Henderson, you had Wijnaldum, Junior at one point. They're workhorses. They're workhorses that can cover a cover. Break, break. It's the perfect system. You've got the fullbacks as well. Like, it, it's. He, one thing I would say I'll give Van Dijk for sure is that he doesn't allow himself to be exposed. And I think that is one of the best strengths that he's got. And that's a lot of IQ. He doesn't allow himself to be in a situation where he can get sort of yeah. attacked. You know what I'm saying? That's why they go like, remember that stat when they were like, oh, uh, Van Dijk never, never wants to ever dribble. It's because he doesn't allow it to happen. And that comes from the brain. But that's just, that doesn't necessarily mean when it comes to tackling, um, when it comes to like interception, when it comes to aerial, like in terms of blockings and... The, Van Dijk cannot be a system player. One, we've seen him in three different systems. He's at Liverpool, we've seen him at um, Southampton, and we've seen him at Celtic. At Celtic, he was marauding forward. He was using his ball playing ability a lot more than he is at Liverpool. 
Yep. At Southampton, he was playing in a little bit of a lower block. A new manager came and they played a little bit higher. So we've seen him handle that situation. The reason why he got signed for that much is because of how good he did at Southampton. First and foremost, everybody was surprised at the fee. And he's proved that wrong. Now, let me tell you why he's not a system player as well. The defending that Liverpool do, the high line, they defend in the high line. He has to face so many 1v1s, more than most centre-halves in the Premier League, because of the high line that Liverpool face. And he handles it very well. You can talk about his jockeying or not getting engaging, but what he does is he makes defenders, I mean, he makes attackers scared. He makes them wait, he makes them wait, he makes them wait, and then somebody will come and support. That's elite defending. If he had dived in like a Gary Cahill has, sometimes I've seen Gary Cahill with, with his face on the floor. Grass. That's because he's diving in, whereas Van Dyke, he's waiting for his moment. So we've seen him there. We've also seen Van Dyke hold it down with Joe Gomez. That's a different type of centre half. Kanate, Matip, it doesn't matter. As long as Van Dijk is there, they are secure and they are okay. So we have seen so many different variations of defending that Van Dijk can do. And even now, he's come back from an ACL. He's come back from an ACL now. And maybe he's not as pacey and aggressive as he used to be. But right now, what he's still got is the IQ and the knowledge and the reading of the game. So that's why he's not an assistant defender. How can you be an assistant defender with two marauding fullbacks in, in Trent and, and Robertson. Do you know how much defending and covering he has to do Facts. for others? More Facts. than you'll see. So, yeah. so that's why. So, so what, right so now, right now, right now they are playing against. Right now he has McAllister and these guys in front. Liverpool have only lost one, one game, game in the whole season. Facts. That's because of people like Virgil Van Dijk, Facts. and of course we see them for Holland as well. How, how long back did it take threes, for him? Back, back three, twos, back two, and now he's the captain of, of the Netherlands for mm-hmm. a reason. So I don't think you can ever use Van Dijk as a, as a system defender. If he's a system defender, then so is John Terry. John Terry had McAlady in front of him, John Obi Mikel mm. in front of him, all these guys in front of him. Rio Ferdinand had players in front of him, Village, Michael Carey, Roy Keane, all these guys. So everybody Someone's needs like a team. But Tony Adams had people in front of him. Everyone had it. So you can't say that Van Dijk, so that's, that's hey, why he's not hey, saying that. Hey, culture comes, man. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Give me my points. Oh, Give me my points. Give me my points. I've made my decision already. Yeah, so yeah. I don't okay, know. Go. Make a decision. Yeah? yeah, I made my decision. But, but they are, you argued the system player thing. Yes. Yeah? And you're arguing about the other part. Yeah, that's it, yeah. I would probably agree that, that Van Dyke is overrated, but he's far from a system player. Thank and you. The argument wins. So Thank you. you. Let's go. I don't get that. Patrick! Patrick! Hey, three P on their heads. Three P, yeah, three to the dome. The Van Dyke points, I'm not going to lie. I love the Every bit of it. I hate when people say overrated. That one is it's more. He changed my club. It's hard to defend that win. It's eight all, so. Come on. Well, we've got a few more left. So, how many have we got left? In there. Oh, got two more, one each after one this. Each. Okay. Yeah, boy. <laughs> What's the statement? Ah, uh, cook. Oh my God, cook. Now, cook. Okay. No, this is this is this here. is techie because cook. I feel like there's conflicts of interest yeah, yeah, yeah. in here. I feel yeah, like there's a conflict of interest. Take yourself. The out. statement is, and I believe this as well. Uh, a minute. Postacoglu will win a Premier League before Arteta. Now, the reason why I say this, okay. if you look at what Spurs are building at the moment, within six months, what Ange Postacoglu has been able to put in a culture, a system. The signings that are coming in already this January, we're talking about Noosa, Vermeeren. Mm-hmm. He's building for the future. So yep. for me, within two or three years, this team looks set. Within the next two or three years, I don't see Pep Guardiola leaving the Premier League. Mm. And that is where Arteta has the issue. Arteta, I feel like within the next two, three years, 
must deliver that title ahead of Man City. Mm. And he may not last that time because the pressure that comes with Arsenal, yes. especially after coming so close last year, yes. I don't know if he will last long enough to see that. Whereas Postacoglu, mm-hmm. I think he's been given the, the, the lease of the land, basically. Yep. I think he could be here for the next four or five years. And by that time, who knows? Pep might have left. Mm. There might be that one Leicester gap year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One year where mm-hmm. you know someone can sneak in and snatch a little yep. something. That could be us if we build it for the right time. Mm -hmm. But Arteta, I fear you may lose your job before that. Mm. Hey. At the end of the day, Sharky, you're gonna do this. Okay, what do you say? What do you think of Tottenham? Shit. What do you think of shit? Tottenham. Thank you. That's all right. We ain't Tottenham. We ain't Tottenham. Yes. 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 That's a void round. That's a void round. That's a void round. That's a void round. That's We clearly see what's going on here. We clearly see. I want to say that if ifs and buts were crisps and nuts, then we'd all have a jolly good Christmas. Yeah, I like Because I heard a lot of ifs in your one. If this happens, if that happens, that's all I heard in your ones, right? I'm talking about the absolutes, what has happened already, right? We're going to go back to Arteta before he came to Arsenal. He's experienced being a first-team coach in a Premier League winning team. I'm not saying, he's, I'm, not saying I'm, I'm saying he's experienced that, which is already going to help him in, in, in getting to those positions, right? He's also experienced a title challenge. 96% of the season, whatever it was, top of the league. He's experienced that. And he's also experienced failure in losing that. If people know me personally, I'm addicted to failure. I love failing because then that allows me to work out what I did wrong so I don't fail again and again and again. Arteta now has the blueprint from being at Man City and seeing that 100-point season, Centurions, from almost winning the League of Arsenal and losing. On top of that, you're saying with Postacoglu, he built a culture, he changed all of that. Arteta's done that already. So Arteta is a couple of years ahead of Postacoglu. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying Postacoglu's done, and I think he's done great at that, mm-hmm. Arteta's already done that. He's changed the club from the fan base, what the, th- what the atmosphere is like in the stadium. Everything feels, we feel like a top team. We are a top team. We've been spoken about like a top team, right? Mm-hmm. The argument here is that Postacoglu win before Arteta. Mm-hmm. Now, Postacoglu's done well with Spurs, but Arteta is ahead of Postacoglu. For everything Postacoglu's done, Arteta's already been already two, three years ahead of that. So the trajectory shows that Arteta should win before Postacoglu anyways. Yes. So wait, hold on, who wins this? Oh my God. What do you think What do you think of shit? Thank you! One is fact and two, I actually had a good argument. That should have been a draw. That should have been a draw. Arteta's not winning the league, bro. Come on. That should have been a draw. Tottenham and Postacoglu. After six months. Come on, man. You think Spurs win the league? Answer him. 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 Tight last two um, to go. Is that, I think I've done the so last one. Last Nine eight. Let's just read it. We'll see yeah. uh, What's the statement? Jose Mourinho is the best manager of all time. Uh, one minute. All right. Uh, I believe Jose Mourinho is the best manager of all time. 
um, for many reasons. One, we're going to talk about trophies. Catalogue of trophies, of course. He's won a Champions League, with, which is the best European competition in club football, with a Porto side, which was which was a surprise. You know what I mean? They had a tough route. They've knocked that Man United in that route, etc. All that stuff. He's won the Champions League with Inter Milan, the treble winning team. I think when I look at people, when I look at careers in any sport, anything, right? I look at experience. He's managed in multiple different leagues. He's done a great job. So when he came to Chelsea, he's done an incredible job. He came and completely broke through the Arsenal and the Man United dominance, right? He came, won the league back to back years, mm. came back to Chelsea again, won the league a few years later, went to Real Madrid, the biggest club in world football, done a good job there. Obviously, he didn't bring them the Champions League, like I said, with Inter Milan and everything, and obviously Porto back home. I think Jose Mourinho is the best manager of all time, purely because one, you've got to look at what he's brought to the game as well. Not just, I've mentioned the trophies, I've mentioned the, the, the top teams he's managed. He's also, my United's great self manager since Alex Ferguson. <laughs> of course, he's, he's got a European trophy, he's got a second place finish, and he himself said it's the best job he's done, mm. right? And you've not achieved anything better than that. Mm. He's got you a treble. It might be a shit treble, <laughs> but you've got you a treble. So, on top of that, he's gone to Roma. He was the first ever manager to win the Conference League. The first ever manager. He then got into the Europa League final the year after. Forget his accomplishments now. He's like, everyone, no one can dispel his accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And if, if whoever's arguing that starts dispelling his accomplishments, I give up. Now let's talk about Mourinho in general, what he's brought to the game. His charisma, his character, his, the players he's coached, <coughs> the players who talk highly of him. Some players call him daddy. Mm. They call him daddy. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean no, but I'm saying the stories. <laughs> what I'm saying is, when you look at football and you look at like stories, you look at people who have brought a lot to the game, I think Mourinho has brought everything. And, and sometimes if you want to look at like robots who just win, 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 of course, of course. You could say Alex Ferguson won more Premier Leagues than him. You could say Angelotti's won this, Pep's won this. But I have to look at the overall package and as a manager, when all is said and done, you're going to tell more stories about Jose Mourinho as a manager than a lot of other managers. For me personally, I think he's the best manager of all time because Ooh. of that reason. The special one. The special one. All right. All right. Now, well I'm going to disagree that Jose is the greatest manager of all time. I'm not even going to talk about Alex Ferguson. I'm going to talk about Pep because of the points that he's touched on. I'm going to talk about Pep. The reason why Pep is a greater manager than Jose Mourinho, one, talking about a collection of trophies. Mm. Pep has won more trophies, first of all. Mm -hmm. Hard facts, he's won more trophies. We have seen them two directly against each other as well. They were direct, fierce rivals. Yep. Pep won more La Ligas on his head than Jose did on, on, on <sighs> Pep's head. Jose Mourinho's most embarrassing loss of his career is in the hands of Pep, 5-0. We all remember that. That's mm -hmm. schooling. He destroyed him. And we're talking about the impact of the game. Everybody wants to be Pep now. Mm -hmm. Arteta's Pep, Ten Hag is Pep, Postacoglu. Everybody wants to Deserby. be like Pep. Deserby. He is the influence. He's, well, right? he's the biggest influence. He's the biggest influence in football since Johan Cruyff. And it's, it's, a, it's a proven fact. What he has brought to the game oh, yeah. is the biggest influence we've seen. He has created some of the best sides we've ever seen. Oh, I think we can all sit here and say that Barcelona side is the best side we've ever seen. Creme he has creme. two trebles, by the way. Jose has one treble. Pep has two. Creme. He brought one to Manchester City. He brought one to um, Barcelona, something that Jose Mourinho has only done one time um, at Porto. I mean, sorry, at Inter Milan, of course. So if you're looking at what Pep Guardiola has brought to the game, the, the teams he's managed, everything that you see, Centurions in this country. Do you know whose head Centurions was on? Jose, Jose Mourinho's. The Centurions was on Jose Mourinho's head, 100 points. Jose, Pep Guardiola, Jose Mourinho, one thing that Jose had over Pep was people used to say, Pep can't do it in the Premier League. That's Jose's town. Pep said, do you know what? I'm going to come and win five on your head. Mm. So now he's already got more trophies in England where Jose has spent Money more time 
than Pep Guardiola. He's got more trophies on his head. This wasn't a Darwin Nunes one where we couldn't listen to two sides of the argument, but it was a very difficult one to argue. So I got a big up Sharky, but there's no chance that Jose's and the one you the one you mentioned yeah, is correct, but obviously I got Ferguson in my mind as well. That's yeah. not, when you mentioned Fergie, I didn't management, need to mention yeah, Fergie. Of course, that was, Fergie's that was a good, the best. Yeah, that was a good angle to try and divide mm. it out. But I, I was trying to push. I don't personally believe it, but I was trying to. The more I started speaking, I was like, to be fair, like I think his career for me is more impressive. Impressive. His career is more impressive and has more stories. Than for someone sure, like Pep. Sure. Pep, of course, is the greatest. Nine, nine, yeah. Last one. Last one. Last one. Oh, nice. Give us, wait, give us the point. Statement. It's it's just, it's, it's, it I'm telling you now. Trent Alexander Arnold is the best right back. Is this, they mean Premier League, right? Because they're talking about our shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent Alexander Arnold is the best right back in Premier League history. Yeah. For me, Trent Alexander-Arnold is the best right back in Premier League history because when you look at the way, the impact that he has made from his position, I believe he is the defender with the most assists in Premier League history, That's... already um, surpassing Andrew Robertson. The game is about attacking. In, in, in this day and age, fullbacks are about attacking, not necessarily defending. It's about attacking and how you can transform a team. Trent, there's never been a fullback in the Premier League that's as transformative as, as Trent. Mm. If we're talking about passing ability, he sits there with Scholes, with Gerrard, with Beckham, with all of them. Mm. Crossing ability, he sits there with Beckham, with KDB. He's, mm. he's in that conversation. And now he's taking a piss so much that he's saying, I'm going to move into midfield and create and dominate midfields as well. Anything that Trent has done so far has been transformative. Mm. I haven't seen a right back, and none of us in this country have seen a right back that the system is them. This system is Trent Alexander-Arnold. You can see it in their title-winning team. You can see it when they were um, runners-up, and you see it now. A lot of people are going to talk about him defensively. But the other names that are mentioned, is Kyle Walker the, the most elite defender we've ever seen? No, he's not. If you talk about all, you talk about all of the GOAT um, fullbacks in football. Roberto That's so Carlos. shameless for me though. Roberto Carlos, is he an elite defender? Nah. Is Marcelo? Is Dani Alves? Nah. These type of fullbacks are all about going forward. When you're talking about the best, it's the ones that go forward. The only one you can throw in, mate, Ashley Cole was good at both sides. Yeah. He wasn't nowhere near Trent going forward, by the way. He was yeah, nowhere facts. near, nowhere near. Trent Alexander-Arnold is revolutionary going forward. And that is why he is the best fight right back in Premier history. Technical ability. He can talk to anyone in league history. I'm talking about midfield, defenders, attackers, tr technical ability. He can talk to anybody. And that's why he's the best right back in, in, in Premier League history. Easy. Easy. Can I argue Easily. So I just never sounds like, like you know what, I be rude you, yeah? Because it sounds like a lot of recency bias. You know? And that's, that's the day and age we are now with Twitter, with social media. A lot of people think it's happening in the moment and people get excited. When you actually look at, when you're talking about all time, yeah? We're talking about all time. So Premier League's been, what, for how many years now? From coming Light to, what, two, 30 yeah. years now, yeah? yeah? You look at someone like, you mentioned Kyle Walker, you also look at someone like Gary Neville. <laughs> yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. You look at someone like Gary Neville, who's played against some of the greatest players in the history of football. Oh. Yeah, someone that's, and, and you say, but you're looking at somebody that played for Ferguson, held his position for over a decade. One treble, you're talking about a treble winning defender. You're talking about somebody that's won multiple titles, not four or five, I'm talking about almost mm. 10. Yeah, you're looking at defenders like that. You're, a lot of the things that you said are a lot, a lot of attacking attributes and you can't take away from Trent. Mm -hmm. Trent, we forget even just fullbacks. I think when you're talking about even wingers, he's, his output in terms of coming from the, from the flanks is better than wingers in the league. So I'm not going to even argue that, but right back, what is a right back fundamentally? A defender, okay? You not need to have a... Hold, not in this day and age, but you need to, there needs to be a balance. 
there needs to be a balance when it comes to going forward and also defending. Yes, going forward, no one can compete with that. But let's talk about also defending aspect of it. You got Gary, Gary Neville and you got Kyle Walker, two fullbacks who I feel like have that better balance. Yeah, when it comes to going forward and coming back, mm. better balance than Trent. And at the end of the day, yeah, you're right. Liverpool system is based around their attacking fullbacks, but. If I put Gary Neville in another team, I can confidently say he will be able to do a job. If I put Kai Walker in right back in another team, I can say he will do a job. If I put Trent in another team at right back, can I say that he will do a job? Maybe going forward, yes. Defensively, I can't say for certain. And nobody here can say that for certain. So it's hard to say that somebody that who can't fundamentally defend, yeah. I'm not saying he's a horrible defender, but when you compare him to other right backs, he's not as great of a defender as other right backs. To say, to say someone like that, yeah. It's the best right back of all time. Can you, can't, you can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. The argument you made, this was this was probably the best one for me because the argument you made started swaying me a bit there. Then you mentioned the balance thing, which is true sway. What decided it for me was when you mentioned the whole the license in front. Listen, yeah. that doesn't take away nothing he from plays with Salah. No, one sec, one sec. You have to you have to understand my argument. Trent plays with Salah and Trent supplements Liverpool's team greatly. But then we cannot look at a, a Gary Neville or a Kyle Walker, or even a, other, other right backs that have played in great teams and what they have done off the ball for the players in front of them. Because Beckham speaks highly about yeah. Gary Neville. Mm -hmm. um, um, for Kyle Walker, what, um, Sane, Mares, they've all they played all, in front of. They, they these work man, a lot these harder man, these than Salah are, does. These men are more supportive. These men have the balance better than Trent does. Because again, the yeah. one that's maybe was Trent yeah. in another side. In another system, you don't know. Whereas these men, in terms you of. You might think Gary never would have been top in another thing. system. Do you know what I can't remember? Trent is so good for the system. I guess I'm not even I don't know. That's why Trent's the greatest. If Trent went to another team, you change the system for Trent. That's how great You can't say you can't. So where have you got? Sports Social Podcast Network.